Thanks for joining us today. I'm Warren Officer Class 1 John Pickett from the Centre for Australian Army Leadership. On this episode of the Australian Army Leadership Program podcast series, we'll be discussing the practice of mission command in the Australian Army. In the ever-changing and complex environment accelerated warfare produces, it is essential that commanders and leaders are versatile, agile and adaptive. Mission command is a philosophy of command that is most effective when leading in complex situations or when the context changes during execution. At its foundation is the recognition that once we move from planning to execution, things can and ever invariably do change. Mission Command asks us as leaders to focus on and explain with clarity what is to be achieved and gives room for the subordinates to work out how best to achieve it. It relies on clear intent and trust and demands subordinates apply discipline to the freedom of action it permits. Today we are joined by Brigadier Chris Smith, Director General Land Operations. Brigadier Smith has been both a leader and a commander on numerous occasions, notably as a platoon commander in Rwanda, as an OPSO in Iraq and the commanding officer of the 2nd Battalion, the Royal Australian Regiment in Afghanistan. Brigadier Smith has also has a wealth of experience at the strategic level, having held senior appointments including Director Plans Army and Chief of the Defence Forces Liaison Officer to the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff in Pentagon, the Washington. Brigadier Smith has studied and practised Mission Command his entire career and is going to share with us his insights on this most important subject. Welcome and thank you for your time, sir. Thanks, John. I just... um you sort of set me up as some kind of mission command expert. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's true, but hopefully I've got something of value well, to or offer. Or at least someone who's uh, studied the art. <laughs> um, and so I would now invite you to share your views on the practice and importance of mission command in the Australian Army. Thanks. Um, I suppose I might begin to make the, the conversation in- interesting um, to suggest that um, maybe we ought to be careful to think that mission command is um, everything about command and leadership, and to suggest that um, one of the one of the things that we all always ought to be conscious of is the risk of mission command becoming um, a dogmatic practice or a, or a, or a dogma. And and I want to pick up on the. The way that you introduced uh, mission command, which is, the, you know, the key part that it, it's all about context, and and you you suggested that its utility applies particularly to um, warfare and battlefields, and in particular to circumstances that are dynamic, un- uncertain, you know, a, a, a circumstance where you can expect that a, a particular your understanding of the situation and your prediction of what might happen uh, is likely to not prove to be true, um, where circumstances can change rapidly, where uh, an unexpected opportunity might present. You know, that, that's that's the, where the notion of mission command fits. It's the notion that you, in those circumstances, that if you attempt to control and direct um, too much, that all you're going to do is to constrain options, um, the, the force will become unwieldy, and then you have that, the, the, the problem, the age-old problem, that you'll end up fighting the plan that you had at the beginning 
that is no longer relevant to the circumstances as they are because things have changed. So, so in essence, in my mind, Mission Command is a pretty, is a pretty simple um, idea that uh, you ought to control and direct only um, uh, what you must and, and no more. But, the, but the, I think the important part of that is the um, only what you must. Um, and that depends entirely on a range of different things, including, including the, the circumstance. And it sort of goes to, that, to, to the point I was trying to make that we ought to be cautious of applying it dogmatically because in some circumstances you can imagine it might be necessary to actually control and direct quite a lot. And if we think it's if we if we apply it too absolutely, we'll, we might apply uh, too much freedom in in circumstances where it doesn't apply. So far, May, so you're, you're sort of suggesting that mission command is more a fluid part of command, and that as a commander, we need to be aware of when we should and shouldn't be using it, because sometimes it's not appropriate for yeah. a mission we might have. Yeah, I think so. And I think part of the problem is that if you look at the, the history of where, um, say, the United States in particular, which is where we sort of draw the, drew the idea from, from that period of the 1970s and 80s when they, when they were reflecting and developed um, their notions of airland battle, operational art, they invented the schools of advanced military studies and, so, you know, that, that, that's where they sort of gripped up this notion of mission command. They, they did it by... Re- by reflecting on a sense that the that the German army had somehow performed better tactically and operationally in the Second World War, and they, they they thought that there was something in it. And then, of course, they for those who are aware, they went they looked, and the Germans have this notion of, and I won't pronounce it correctly, but you know, Aufstrag tactic, which is the which is somewhat the same idea. But 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 in the the in their reflection on it, they seem to have picked up that part of it, but the Germans' sense of command was more sophisticated. They had that notion. They had a notion um, also at the other extreme, which I think the right word in German is Beffel's tactic, which is detailed orders. But their sense was more nuanced and it was a sense that, um, that, that you appreciate your circumstance and... Applying judgment in the circumstance, you you apply a degree of detail or control um, that befits the circumstance. So, to some extent, I think we in in applying and talking only about mission command, that we run the risk of 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 not recognising the nuance that that there is. There's more to it than simply a very simple principle of um, tell the subordinate the mission, give them the resources and then let them get on with, with what they do without um, interference or allowing them, um, you know, the creative choices of how to get on with it, that that, that, that is probably a little too simplistic. Would, would it be fair to say that possibly within the Australian Army, commanders use mission command in the wrong context by thinking they can have hands-free, allowing themselves time mm. rather than... Uh, Realising that they must re-inject themselves at certain points to ensure yeah. the intent is maintained, yeah, and I, the discipline of the person who's been afforded mission command, is yeah, kept. yeah, I think so. 
I, I think that that's a look, and and I, I I've I've seen people do this, and I think that it, that is the risk that that if you take it as an absolute. And 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 we tend to. I mean, we, how often do we hear ourselves saying, um, in certain circumstances, we accuse or we're disappointed in um, a superior or a higher headquarters for not applying mission command in its pure sense. Um, that, that we that in that there is a risk that mission command turns into, like you said, um, hands off leadership. Where and and. And you get to that stage if if you don't make appropriate assessments of the circumstance. Now we've been talking up to now about the changing situation, but the, the other factors that apply to mission command would be a sense of the professional competence and experience of the subordinate that you're giving the direction to, a sense of their trustworthiness, how dependable they are. Do you know that they reliably normally carry out their things? Like you suggested, uh, how responsible are they? You know, can you be sure? That having received your intent, that they'll follow it in the spirit that it was given, and what you really mean, rather than just follow the orders but do what they want. I, I, that they're all factors that a, that a commander should consider. If if you had a subordinate that was not very well experienced, that had proven that they weren't very competent, um, that that had in a certain circumstance had made you think that they weren't very trustworthy. To simply rudimentarily apply a principle, yeah, but mission command is the thing, so therefore, I'll, you know, there's the mission, there's the resources, you work out how to get on with it, would seem like a fairly negligent um, command decision. So, so I think that those factors are, are, are fundamental. Yeah, no, I, I agree uh, with that, and I guess the, I guess the point is that mission command becomes part of leadership in terms of I need to know my Yes. My people, yep, and I need to know them in depth. Absolutely, so at yep. what level I can afford yep. them mission command. Yeah, and I think a good example was uh, Commander Three Brigade during the floods commented that he had three COs. Yeah, one he could just give some rudimentary information, knowing that he would go off and do what was required. Yep, uh, another one needed a little bit more, and the third one needed. Probably a lot more. Yeah, like all were afforded mission command. Yeah, but at a different level and a different time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, and I think that that's a great way of describing the idea. Um, yeah, I, I, I but but of course, um, even within that, and potentially even within with with the potentially the CO there who who you could, you know, give them the minimum guidance and let them get on with it. I, I still think that that doesn't absolve you of a responsibility to supervise and to and to check. I mean, you 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 can't entirely be sure. Um, and if I I won't remember the 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 quote um, exactly, but but General um, George Patton, who most most people listening will be familiar with, um, a gregarious guy, but also you know no not not to provide particularly detailed. Orders and 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 so on, but um, he was firmly of the view that um, um, good um, command is, um, you know, ten percent about giving giving the order, but ninety percent about um, ensuring through personal supervision on the ground proper and vigorous execution. You know that 
that's it. And and to some extent, if if we accept that um, a leader has a responsibility to motivate, um, to inspire, um, to to be seen, to, to to actually lead, then then um, to actually be to be forward, to be on the ground, to exercise some degree of supervision is is implied in that. You know, otherwise, otherwise, the, in its pure sense, mission command would simply be. Um, you know, do some planning, um, issue the mission with very few instructions, um, give the resources, and then just sit back and uh, and let the subordinates go ahead and and see it through. And it, I, I don't. So I don't think that um, that that purest sense of mission command even accords with our what our notions of, of leadership are. And of course, the the, the sort of now now people will recognise that that in the example I'm about to give, it, it's the it. It's not pure because there are some some critics of of Rommel, and many suggest that, to some extent, he he um, earned credit for decisions and qualities of his chief of staff and his staff. But he he certainly did practice um, um, moving forward to the decisive point of the battlefield, where where he could see the most important things taking place, and then he would issue instructions and orders um, from that particular point in battle to. Being able to see a bigger picture to subordinates caught up in the middle of it who couldn't see the opportunities that potentially were being presented. So, so even in that um, example of a practitioner of mission command, that you know there is a there's a there is nuances in it that we ought not forget in the in the practice. Would it also be fair to say that we can use mission command as a leadership development tool, in particular when we're training? Or operations or war mm. as a way to, I guess, get leaders to think more cl- critically yeah. <clears throat> about intent and what the effect yeah. their their decisions will be on a battlefield. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think from a there's probably two parts to that. I think I think in training, what you know, one of the things you try to do is to instill that that sense of initiative, you know, and and I think. I think the many people listening will be familiar with the, with the, and I'm not. I think it might be myth, but there's the the example where one of Frederick the Great's generals, you know, had had was had had to explain after a battle, you know, why why didn't you do this on the at, on the battlefield, you know, an error or something that went wrong, and he said, well, general, I was following your orders, and Frederick said, well, I, I you know, I, I don't uh, employ you to follow my orders. I, you know, employ you to, to make decisions, um, you know, to, to disobey them at the appropriate time. No, sorry, I haven't explained that, that example particularly well, but you know what I'm getting at, that, that, that there is, um, you know, in this, in this notion is the sense that the, the mission within the context is the most important thing. It accepts the idea that, that um, circumstances are expected to change, um, that a, a senior headquarters or commander won't know what has changed where you are particularly, and quite often there won't be an opportunity to... The, the, the moment might be so fleeting that there won't be the opportunity to, to check whether um, by changing your orders and doing something different, um, it can be approved by your senior headquarters. So you're expected to exercise judgement Knowing and using uh, appreciating what has changed and what your commander would want you to do in that circumstance, and go and do something else that might be quite contrary to the orders that you were given. 
You know, that's the essence. And I think in training, absolutely, it would be useful as often as possible to give uh, military leaders as many opportunities to practice that. And in, in doing so, um, allow for errors of judgment because it's the constant um, gaining of experience in those circumstances that judgment improves. You can't expect somebody to have good judgment without first trying it and failing and trying and erring. So I think I think we ought to do that in practice. But on the on the on the on the same on the other side of the coin, we ought to continue to reinforce that that while doing that expression in practice, that we don't lose sight and and create um, um, sort of officers or leaders or NCOs in the army that expect that that degree of freedom and opportunity and choice ought to come all of the time in all circumstances. You know, we need to moderate it in practice with examples where, in, in, and of course, you know, in two cases where, where application of pure mission command would be folly would be in an amphibious um, uh, lodgement, you know, you don't just leave it up to everybody to get off the ship at any time they choose, it'd be chaos. Uh, um, that's an extreme example, of course, but also even in the withdrawal, if you... If you didn't um, sequence the the withdrawal and specify the the very particular routes um, that that companies would take off a off a feature for a battalion defence, that would turn into chaos. You wouldn't do it. You you know there is very limited scope for creativity or initiative for a, a, a young company commander in that in that circumstance. So 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 we we, we need to we need to explore both, and 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 that's why I suggest that maybe. There is opportunity for thinking about about um, coming up with a, another, maybe different terms or jargon to describe this. So we don't just say, "Hey, mission commands our thing." Maybe we actually need to say, um, "We we we apply um, command with judgment," which at one end of the spectrum we apply mission command, and at the other end of the spectrum we apply detailed direction and orders. But, but the key thing that we recognise in the Australian Army is that neither is right or wrong. Context and circumstance is fundamental and judgement is, is, is at the essence. Judgement and responsibility are at the essence of those two things. So, so if I had my druthers, I would probably express it in that way and I'd probably focus more on the, the, the matters of the importance of context and judgement and responsibility as actually the things that really matter, that to some extent mission command and so on is, is, sits, sits beneath those more important subjects. Do you think it would be fair to say, having said what you've just said, that perhaps within the Australian Army we don't necessarily educate properly on, I guess, true mission command in the fact that it's not going to be always afforded to me mm. and why in our junior development so therefore, there's some sometimes an expectation that if it's not being given to me, that mm. I'm being micromanaged, yeah. and not which I guess you're saying that yeah. why is it, there's a spectrum that we yeah. we have to manoeuvre through, yeah, and it's our commander's responsibility to make sure their subordinates understand when they should be yeah. using it, yeah, and not, yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I, look, I, I can't. I'm, I'm too 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 many years away from the coalface so I can't really comment about what's being taught now and so on but certainly 
you know, five or six years ago, I, I was concerned um, about this, that it that the notion of mission and command had become quite dogmatic. But even, I must say, it, you know, I deal with, you know, the sort of high levels of the, the army in, in my recent jobs in, in the ADF. But in, in every now and again, I, I, the, the term mission command bubbles up from headquarters um, when, when there is some um, detail or some expectation of detail or, or the options are constrained by a higher headquarters with, with a reversion to, um, well, that's not applying mission command as if, as if um, you know, there, there's some uh, tablet written, um, written on, you know, by God holding it up as if, well, you know, this is really bad practice, you need to change what you're doing. But of course, but but even in those circumstances where I, where this has happened, they're not dynamic, changing circumstances. It's not it's not the battlefield, and 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 that, and that's where it worries me that it has become a little bit of a dogma. Is is that when when people are applying it off the battlefield in in circumstances that aren't dynamic and aren't changing, as if as if there is some purist sense that this is what we do all the time. So, so, so I, I do worry, and and I think that it would be good. If 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 we aren't um, doing it now, that we that we teach that broader sense that 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 there, that mission command in its pure form sits at only one end of a range of things that that you might apply as a commander. And, and do you think that if we are using mission command properly, uh, are we willing to let our subordinates fail in mm. as in general in the Australian Army, yeah. or do we see? That is like a lack of trust because they didn't yeah. achieve what I set them yeah. to, and and if we do think like that, how how, how can we get back? Yeah, look, I, I don't know about that. I, I don't know, and I suspect that would in, depend entirely on the the person in charge. I suspect that that, and I and I imagine at any given time in any army, there'll be those commanders who who are who understand that idea. Are willing to allow, um, you know, errors or failures, and to learn from it, and that there will be those that that don't, and they'll be motivated for different reasons as to why they do and don't. You know, I, I imagine that will never be perfect. I, I think, I think even on this, it's not a simple matter. There will be some things where where errors of judgment are actually um, are a form of negligence. That is serious and ought to be dealt with seriously, but there are and 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 you need, I suppose, and I'm not going to be able to give a, an easy answer, a rule of thumb to this, but you need to be able to know the difference between what is negligent, um, what 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 is careless, um, but what is reasonable on on as a function of a lack of experience, or you were trying to do the right thing, but 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 what went wrong was probably understandable given the experience. So, so I, I think that the, the, the one way around it is to make sure that that um, that as a as a commander that you are clear um, about the, the person who is the subject of consideration, um, how experienced they may or may not be, and and that you are, as I sort of suggested before, in the design of training, put them deliberately through circumstances. Where whether they succeed or fail almost doesn't matter, because what you're actually after is for them to have the experience of exercising judgment, 
and 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 only by lots of experience does does ju- judgment improve. You don't you're not you're not granted that judgment is a function of experience. So so I suppose that's a long-winded way of saying that the the, the best thing that I suppose we can do is to offer as much as many experiences as we can. Um, with a view to understanding that that's the end we're after, not so much the, the the failure or success from the experience. And if I may, it, it probably um, speaks to everybody striving for professionally professional mastery in their own roles. So if I'm a commander, I should be studying what commanders should be doing, should be thinking. Mm-hmm. But if I'm a subordinate... I should be mastering my trade, mm-hmm. my skill, mm-hmm. which will afford me trust of my commander who will then yeah. afford me yep. greater mission command when yeah. appropriate. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And, and, and that goes to that point that, um, that trust is, a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is not just something that happens. It's a human thing. It comes from a relationship. It's a psychological connection of one way or the other and... And um, you have to prove yourself to actually get trust, or else it's you might say it's there, but it's not. It's not really deeply held. Um, so I think that there are, there's two two onuses for the, for mission command at, at, at its extreme to work. One is on the commander to make sure that the subordinate understands fully as much of the context around the circumstance as possible. That way, they can actually exercise judgment that is consistent with the circumstance. But two, the subordinate must act responsibly and utterly in good faith with the spirit of the order that's given. And, and that, that is fundamental, this notion that, um, you know, that, that freedom afforded to a subordinate in that circumstance isn't a, rest, isn't a license just to do what you want to do. It's a license to do what you ought to do in good faith, knowing really what your, your superior is after. No, exactly. And, uh, you know, Brigadier Smith, sir, thank you for your time today and speaking with us on the topic of Mission Command. I really appreciate getting your take on the topic. In particular, uh, for myself, the main points, I think, was that Mission Command is more a spectrum and not a linear Mm -hmm. process, and we have to practice harder on knowing when it's appropriate to actually use it. And probably what stood out as well is that it's a human endeavour, Uh, which requires practice and discipline, yep. and that's discipline within our skills, but also the self-discipline to know my intent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, once again, thank you for your time today, sir. Uh, to our listen- listeners, that's all we have time for. I look forward to you joining us on our next podcast. Thank you.